What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with today, Ryan. What's happening? Taking a trip from Elm Street and Springwood to Haddonfield. Leo is back again. These plane tickets get comped, right? Because I'm traveling a lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> unfortunately, they do not. And taking the real scenic route to Haddonfield, Meg is back. What is hey. up? Hey, at least Haddonfield's uh, not Haddonfield. Yeah, Haddonfield. It's not too far from this time around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So by my lead up, we are covering the entire Halloween franchise today from one to Hollow Green. And we are going to actually rank them at the end, talk about what we like, what we don't like, how awful Halloween Resurrection is, and <laughs> how much Ryan loves the zombie, the zombie uh, franchise. But... Before we get into that, let's get into a little bit of news for the week. Only two items I really wanted to talk about. Uh, the first one is more of a bummer for me and any Ghostbusters fans out there. Ghostbusters has moved once again from March 2021 to summer 2021. Um, I'm starting to think that we are going to go through the same thing that we're going through this year, next year. Uh, I'll start with Meg. What do you think? You know, when it's only like a few months late delay, I'm not too concerned but like with what Fast and the Furious did, how they jumped a whole year, then I have something to be upset about. But only a few months, it's not the end of the world to me. It's funny because I remember, and I, I don't think I said it on the podcast, something off the line. I was thinking when when um, Fast and the Furious moved a complete year, I was like, well, that's stupid. Why would they move oh. an entire year? Now it looks like a genius move that they moved so early. They didn't have to go through day shift after day right. shift. Uh, Leo, like thoughts? Like every other movie he's dealing with. Yeah, I know exactly what you said, D. I mean, like, I think it's everyone was cautiously optimistic at how, like, it was big small moves, small moves, small moves. But at the same time, that's like, that's breaking people's hearts. <laughs> yep. So, like, the, that one large move now makes a lot more sense. And honestly, let's just stay positive that these new dates are finally going to stick and that we're not going to have to just extend it again. Yeah. Ryan? Yeah, I totally agree with you, Dave. I feel like it's just going to end up moving again and we're just going to end up going through what we went through this year next year i think uh i i read an article this not doing not having to do with ghostbusters but i read an article yesterday that uh and i think it's apple is in talks apple or amazon is in talks to buy um uh no time to die the 007 movie which uh apple it's apple okay cool so looking to buy it and just stream it which goes in line to what we talked about last week uh rye how them buying spending so much amazon spending so much on um coming to america may open the floodgates for bigger franchises or bigger blockbusters to be sold to these streaming services and then goodbye theaters i guess so uh we'll see what happens with that and last bit of news ryan you are so excited (laughs) you are so excited i through our group chat i know i could sense the excitement by your your silence (laughs) <laughs> Jared Leto has joined Zack Snyder's Justice League. Ryan, you're a fan of, Ju- of Suicide Squad. I'll let you kick it off. What are your thoughts? I'm not a fan of him in Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> um, why? I I mean, sure. <laughs> I'm I'm actually I'm more intrigued by this than anything. To be honest with you, I'm very I, I don't know because like. I think Jerry Love was a good actor. He just wasn't given anything to do in Suicide Squad. I'm not one of those that thinks his Joker's terrible. I think he's the weakest of the bunch, and it kind of sucks when you're in between the two best. And um, 
Yeah, no, I'm intrigued. Uh, Leo, thoughts? I, I guess I'm starting to like question how much of this is in the actual like original script and how much of it is more like hey they're letting us get away with this let's just add in more stuff and say we had originally thought of it like and no one's gonna question it i mean the next the next thing is christopher reeve they're gonna bring him back from the dead and he's gonna reprise exactly. the superman role no exactly and it's gonna it's gonna be like oh but this was always snyder's it was vision. it was like, always no, it snyder's vision. vision uh meg any thoughts on this you know what? I'm kind of with Leo on this. Uh, when I heard about Jared, I, I, I may or may not have vomited a little in my mouth because I despise his character so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, at first I was I was like, oh, hey, cool, Snyder Cut, because you know how excited I was yeah. for this. And I'm, I was so open-minded, but now hearing that, I'm like, uh, I'm not so excited now, but I'm still going to watch it because yeah. I still want to prove you wrong. Like, I think, I think everyone's... <laughs> And isn't there still stuff about like even like Deathstroke also? Yes, yes, yeah. I, yes, yes. Like, yo, dude, stop! Like you can't. This wasn't part of your original vision. You, <laughs> you know what? Stop cramming every single DC character in this movie. <laughs> and it's fu- and it's funny you I, I, and Meg, you touched on it perfectly. I was actually going to say that next. Like you're bringing everyone in, yet you're forgetting the one of the most, if not the most popular, outside of like the Trinity of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Why and then Harley Quinn's not in this movie? <laughs> like <laughs> you're bringing everyone in. Why don't you just tell Margot? Just make a quick like two second cameo. We can say you're in it too. It's it's pretty crazy. I, I I'm more intrigued here than any. I'm actually this is actually the first time I'm more intrigued because it's it's what Leo and Meg just said. Like oh they're just you're just going on the fly on this. This is just going to be a the biggest clusterfuck of 2021, and we may still have COVID. So hey, they gotta <laughs> fill out four hours somehow. Oh my god! I I I think that this actually, despite the people that you know, there's so many people, including ourselves, that really don't like his portrayal. It's gonna add more intrigue and get more eyes on it because they're like, wait a minute, how? What does he have to do with this movie? So yeah, right. it, it it'll yeah. be it'll be interesting. I, I I can't wait till it's over, but at the same time, I'm like, huh? I wonder. I wonder. And then, flashback, I think. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, because they didn't say to what capacity he yeah, was back. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I I could see that, right? Good, good, good pull there. You, did, did you did you talk to Snyder or is there something? <laughs> yeah, it, me and him we had lunch the other day. No. <laughs> if it was just a flashback, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, I could I could see that too. Then I can see a Margot edition sooner than later then if they're going to do flashbacks flashback of him beating up the robin i would be so cool with that i like that that would be cool ryan why are you giving why are you thinking better ideas than snyder is (laughs) like i i i I need to i need to know why you're coming up with better ideas but yeah we'll see what happens i guess i mean i'm i'm glad with this they don't have to push it if it's meant i think it's early 2021 so at least they don't have to push this to another date because they can just you know it's streaming so no worries there and that's all for the news today so let's get into it. Let's travel to Haddonfield and look at the entire Halloween franchise. And the reason that this is really cool is because Meg and I have seen these movies before. But Leo, this is your first time diving into the franchise and Ryan as well, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. We're, we're, uh, we're Halloween virgins, which means he would have survived to the end. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I, I do like that we're going to have a lot of different perspective on the franchise so let's get into halloween one i'm not gonna get too into the production this has been a movie that's been covered on a bajillion podcast of bajillion documentaries we know that uh carpenter 
joined the joined to science to direct the film in 1970 after assault and precinct 13 1976 the original title of the film with the babysitter babysitter murders carpenter agreed to direct the film on the contingency of having full creative control and was only paid ten thousand dollars for his work which included writing directing and scoring the film so that's all i have on production we pretty much know where um everything went there now i'm going to start with leo thoughts on halloween just general uh, thoughts general thoughts um incredible like um I-, I thought it was so good uh the beginning of the movie really was like it captivated me the mm-hmm. whole like little michael you see like uh like i love the pov um the shots i thought that that set like the mood super cool I'm like oh this is a really cool like uh take on it and obviously like for you guys like halloween was like the og and it laid the foundations for everything mm-hmm. so me watching it as like the last one is a little weird but i can see it um I, I honestly I love part one. I thought the original was really really cool. It was awesome seeing like Jamie Lee Curtis super young, um, and uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a strong strong movie. Do I you see why they kept remaking it? <laughs> do you know real quick before uh, you may not know this fact? Do you know whose daughter she is and why she was cast? Jamie Lee Curtis? No, I do not. She's Janet Lee's daughter from Psycho. Oh wow! So yeah, the scream queen crown. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, Ryan. And that little fun fact is going to come in handy when we talk about another film. Yes, it is. Uh, Ryan, thoughts on Halloween? I dug it from beginning to end. I thought it was very well done. It kept you in suspense. Um, can't say enough good things about it. Honestly, probably shot up there to one of my favorite horror flicks. To be honest. Yep, Meg, thoughts. I mean, what can be, <laughs> I, like, kind of like what you said in the beginning, how this movie has been covered on so many podcasts, so many documentaries. So what else can really be said? Yep. I mean, it's it. Uh, I, I just love it. Like there was there wasn't really any slow points in the movie, like how there are in a lot of horror movies. Um, I'm just seeing Jamie Lee start out from this innocent, you know, teenager and then going through everything she went through. We've seen it done a thousand times. But for some reason, this one is different, maybe because it's one of the OGs and the fact that we did like the POV, like what Leo was saying back in its time, that was unheard of. Yep. So the first time, I mean, we saw it in like the 90s, obviously, because that's when we were all alive. But for people seeing it in the 80s and, you know, 1978, that was like iconic. Mm. So like it really changed the game on how movies went forward. I agree. I think to me, it's the best horror film of all time i i i hold three horror films at the top it's like the trinity for me and that's uh halloween psycho and the shining those are my three favorite horror films of all time and i think that with halloween i think what they fail to do in in many of the other sequels is the fact that Meyer Carpenter doesn't make Meyer. Yes, he's the guy wielding the knife and killing people. But I think the per- the perception for me is that Halloween, the real villain, is just evil itself. And I think that's emphasized very well at the end of the film when Myers disappears and you see you hear the breathing and you see and you're taken to all the locations he's been in throughout the night. To me, that ending symbolizes that evil is everywhere. Its presence is everywhere. It's not just in one location. It doesn't matter who you are. Evil will always be around you if you're not careful. That's kind of the perception I have of what the movie's ending and, and meaning is. After that, it just becomes this, as you're as we're going to see, this <laughs> convoluted storyline that's like ridiculous at points. But I think Carpenter nailed it for what he was trying to do. 
And yeah, like I said, it to me, it's the best horror film of all time. And I'm glad you mentioned something too, Meg, that Halloween 1 to us, I don't consider it a slow-paced movie. I think it's very methodical. But I've started to notice on our on our Instagram that there's a lot of new pages that are reviewing Halloween for the first time. And they're more Gen Z that are saying that the movie's boring and slow. Ugh. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, and like everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Everyone takes a shit except some shit smell worse. Like these are really smelly shits that I'm seeing on Instagram right now. Because it's like, that's, horror is not meant to be jump scares horrors are not just meant to be this you know there has to be a kill every two minutes type of thing that's what we have friday the 13th for those are the fun franchise right. that we can have those you know kills every couple of minutes well, or that's whatever the difference between slasher and horror exactly yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. And, but it's, it's like, i think also like if you look at where halloween ends up right if we jump all the way to like the end of the original franchise and where that ends up that becomes more of like a gratuitous kills just for kills. Um, uh, and then like, I think people are surprised at the fact that like, there's not that much gore in part one. Like no. there's, there's some, but it's, yeah. it's more about like that actual tension, the building of that scene, actual like fear. <laughs> there, and, and to touch on what you said, Leo, only three people, I believe get killed yeah. in Halloween. <laughs> Dude, I was surprised when I was making the like I was making like, like research and I was like, oh, I'm supposed to like write down my favorite kills. And I'm like, wait, there's not that many to choose from in part one. And yeah. this is like an iconic like horror at like villain. And I've seen like going back into what we're, I was saying before, like these people criticizing this movie now. It's, and I'm seeing some people have like comments like, oh, Bob's kill is so unrealistic. I'm like, so you're saying that you want this movie to have more kills and you like these unrealistic over-the-top kills, and then when you get one, you're criticizing it. You can't talk out of both sides of your, out of your mouth, you know what I mean? So, But, yeah, Halloween, We general thoughts are it's one of the best horror films of all time. Now let's get into our categories here. Uh, I'm actually going to start with talking about the box office because the box office of this film was ridiculous for its time so the money was it, the, it cost 300 to 325 thousand dollars for it to make the box office was seven, 60 to 70 million dollars at the time it was the highest grossing independent film of all time and Meg can attest because we're big fans of it the movie was not well received at first nope it kind of gained a cult following afterwards. Yep. It, it was the perfect example of a movie that word of mouth took it to another level because the studio, I think it only released it in like two or th like not that many, maybe like 20, 30 theaters or something along the lines. I may be even overextending myself on that. And then people watched it. People liked it. And then it became this. Word of mouth. Yep. This monster that it became. So that deals with that. Let's talk about the score. Let's play that oh, funky yeah. music, white boy. This is to me in my top ten film scores of all time. This everything about this score has a purpose, and this is a very popular story. Meg, I'm sure you're aware of this story. Carpenter originally screened the movie without a score, and they hated it. They thought it was boring. They didn't, you know, they weren't scared. Carpenter changed nothing. He went back. He wrote the score. I believe he finished the entire score in an hour. He put it in the movie, re-edited it, added the, uh, sent the screener to the, to the studio again, 
same people that screened it the first time screened it again, and they were terrified. I mean, it just shows the power of music in in a film. Uh, Meg, I'll kick it off with you. What are your thoughts on the score? I mean, it's one of those. It's like there's a lot of movies where you hear the score and back, like they kind of use music that's already well known to help fuel the film. It's like, oh, you like the song? Okay, you know what? We're gonna put it in our movie, and you'll like that. But Halloween, because it's so original, it was. It just became a sound that was so iconic that no matter if you're 10 or 90, you hear that, you hear just a couple of notes, you automatically know what it's from. You automatically are shifted back to the first time you heard that and you know exactly where you were. And that's just how iconic that no- that that those few notes are in that score. Leo, thoughts on the score? Yeah, I think Meg Meg uh, said that perfectly. Like I, I'm a, like just like you, huge like score buff when it comes to movies. I think it can make or break a movie. Clearly, like your example showed. Um, yeah, this I, I, I've obviously growing up. I'm 35. I know the score, right? I know the I know the theme. I know exactly what that's from, even though I've never seen the movie. It's iconic. Uh, but I think the minimalistic way that it's been played throughout the whole movie, right? It's subtle, but it's so it does so much like mood building that it's like it 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 just enhances this to a whole different level. I loved it. I definitely loved the theme and the, and the overall score. Ryan, thoughts? Ryan hated the score of Halloween. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> he's just so speechless. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, love the score. I agree with you guys. I love the score. Um, love Michael scene to death. No pun intended. Um, but <laughs> I'm bummed. <laughs> but no, I just totally dug it. So I, I, I'll ask you guys, outside of the main theme, which is the iconic theme, what is your favorite, if you have one, what is your favorite piece of music from the movie? Meg, do you have one? I don't. Leah, what about you? The end. Yes. At the end of the movie. It's like it's, it's like mm-hmm. little like drops. I'm like, whoa, man. It just You already feel like unresolved in your emotions. And like the movie, that it reminded me. And again, this is like, again, I'm the fanboy. It reminded me of the end of the Infinity War ending. Like your feelings are like, I'm so, I don't feel happy. I don't feel like there's a resolution. Like I feel <laughs> sad and scared. What about you, Ryan? Any other the other moments for you? No, no. Just the main thing for me was my favorite. So for me, I actually um, is one that I love playing around this time too I, I especially in the office they look at me they're like what the fuck am i doing so i actually really like the shape stalks so that's the music that's playing when uh laurie gets michael slices her and then she falls down the stairs and he starts chasing her the dun 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 dun, dun. i that love that part of the film and now uses a score uh next category here i'm gonna see if i could do the voice this is my best british accent Michael Myers was 21. So who played the shape in Halloween 1? So a few people played the shape. Tommy Lee Wallace, Will Sandon, Deborah Hill, Tony Moran, and Nick Castle. So Deborah Hill is actually the person that plays Myers when he kills his sister. The hand that you see pick up the knife, that's Deborah Hill. Tommy Lee Wallace plays Michael Myers in the in the iconic closet scene. You know when they break, he breaks down the closet. The reason that Tommy Lee played him there was because it needed to be done on one take, and he's the only one that ever, he. I think he was the production uh, assistant with the production design of the film, and he's the one that set that shot up. So it needed to be done right. So he dressed up as Myers for that scene. 
then Tony Moran is the face that you see when they take off his mask at the end of the movie. And then Will Sandin is the six-year-old that plays little Mikey when he kills his sister. And then Nick Castle is the one that pretty much is known as the original shape. He's the one that plays Michael through the majority of the film. So I will start off with Ryan here. What do you think about Myers in this one? Dug him. Um, just very menacing. Just, you know, very good villain. Leo, what are your thoughts on the portrayal? I liked it. So it's funny because going into this movie, I'm, I'm more of a Freddy Krueger fan, right? With mm-hmm. like the quick wit, like the jokes, and like more athletically gifted. <laughs> and so like I was always intrigued to like this, you know, Michael Myers just walks around, and like I'm like, that's how intimidating can that be? But I, I I can see it. I can just see like the the overall presence of just like this really, and he gets larger as the franchise continues. Very much. <laughs> But uh, but at least in this case, he he's it seemed imposing the the, the suit or the the, the mechanic suit yep. adds to that. Um, I liked it I, overall. I liked it. Meg, thoughts on all the people that play Myers here? I mean, I don't really exactly have a favorite out of those, mm-hmm. but um, Leo kind of hit on it with the whole how intimidating a simple mechanic suit can be, and with the fact that he's not speaking, it just proves how much actions speak louder than words. Agreed. And then yeah, for me, I think Nick Castle's probably the best Myers outside of one more person we're going to get into in a little bit. But yeah, I, I think he, I think it's fantastic. Age best. What's age best for you in the film? Leo. Oh my gosh. Opening theme. Cause it's iconic. Obviously every, everyone knows it. Even if you haven't seen the movie or depending on which iteration of the movies you've seen, um, the first person point of view shots, I thought yes. aged really, really well. Cause I think even after this movie, it started getting taken away into other franchises. Um, my uh, my really good age well is uh, everyone now understands why he was breathing so heavy wearing that mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, Ryan, what about you? The POV shot in the beginning, strong female presence, Michael's theme, and the overall movie. What about you, Meg? What do you have? The final girl aspect. I mean, we saw it a little. We didn't really see it before, before this film, so it really helps set it up. And like what the guys are saying with the POV, because that just, it just kicked off a whole new trend. Yep, I agree. So I have thematic horror films, not just a body count. There's more to it than just like the simple blood and guts type of thing. Uh, the score, Meg, you nailed it. The final girl, the female heroine in a horror film, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, Michael Myers, one track shots, the POV that you mentioned before, Donald Pleasance, the an- the ending that you mentioned before, uh, age worse. So I'll kick this one off. I don't know if you guys notice this, but leaving van doors open when Bob, uh, <laughs> when Bob and Linda go to the house, I don't know if you guys notice. And shout out to Jenny, she's gonna be editing this. She's the first one that told me. Is she's like, she's like, babe, like they didn't close the door, and I'm like. What are you talking about? She's like, yeah, Bob. He just leaves the door wide open when he goes into the house. And then uh, I rewatched it again. And I'm like, oh, shit, he does. He leaves that van door wide open. So that didn't age well. And Bob saying he ripped Lindsay's clothes off. Yes, I had that on my list. I'm so glad you brought it up. <laughs> I'm there and I'm like, huh, that 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 that's that's a choice that Carpenter made there. Don't don't get that. Uh and biggest, um, this age worse because 
of how good this ambiguous ending was where it left you wondering about, you know, you can create your own theory as to what the ending really means. But horror films doing this after it became such a terrible trope of these horror movies ending with such ambiguity that I think it's in the long run, it's aged worse for what it did to the genres in, in general. Uh, and something that I miss in age best, uh, the fact that you only have Linda, Annie and Lori have a five minute walk. And that is the only scene in the entire movie that they're together. And you're and they're still able to develop these girls as three that you care about because you I care about all of them. And it only took one scene shot and written by uh, Deborah Hill of them, them talking about chemistry books and math books and like boys just doing what high school girls would do at the time. And I think that is missing in the next couple in the next entries like the development of these heroines. So that's what I have for age best. Ryan, age worse. Um, sheriff not smelling the smoke and not and being nonchalant about the rope, mask, and knives being taken. <laughs> that's not a prank. That is getting ready to kidnap somebody. <laughs> and the dead dog. That that has not aged well. Uh, yeah. Uh, I hate that. Just Lester. dead poor pets and yeah, poor, dead pets in entire movies. That's yeah, that, I hate when that happens. That never ages well. Leo, what about you? Uh, so, age worse, uh, Loomis parking in a handicapped spot at the beginning of the movie. I mean, he uh, is in his 60s. He's not handicapped, but he's at a hospital. <laughs> yep. Um, also, the joke, the, the reference to Bob ripping off Lindsay's clothes, uh, that's, come on, dude. She's a little girl. That's, yeah. that's, I know you were joking around, but that's sick. And ultimately, but I think that's age the worst is, all the hinges on in Haddonfield, because like all these doors start jamming for no reason at the worst. <laughs> time. And I'm like, what's going on in this town? <laughs> what about you, Meg? What do you have here? Um, you know, honestly, I didn't even start to think about any of these categories, so I'm kind of going on the fly here. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely would say like this: the stereotypical cliche of law enforcement not exactly always believing, mm-hmm. which we've seen that not just in. in the Halloween franchise and pretty much any movie that involves law enforcement. Um, and just kind of like, I think it was David, I think you said it about how they kind of just stole the same tropes over and over and over again. Yeah. And even my favorite slasher franchise did that with Friday 13th. Yeah. They just direct rip off. So yeah, that's my issue with it. Awesome. All right. Uh, the shape stalks. What is the best kill in the movie? I went with Bob. I think that's the best kill in the movie. Uh, the head nod after like Michael admiring his work. I love that. Uh, Meg, what's your favorite kill if you have one here? I went with Linda just because it was the only one that didn't have the typical uh, butcher knife kill. And mm-hmm. plus, I mean, I liked PJ Souls' character. And I mean, you know, the phone cord, the fact that uh, the fact that she, Lori was still on the phone with her. It's like, oh, you're playing around, blah, blah, blah. And she had like no idea that her friend was getting murdered on the yeah. other end of the call. Ryan, what about you? Um, I have Eddie. Stab right through the chest. Nice. Eddie? Who the hell is Eddie? That you talking about Bob? Bob, sorry. Late <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, do you want to kill an Eddie that you just admitted on the podcast? <laughs> no, I don't even know Eddie. Eddie needs to talk after the show. <laughs> Leo, what about you? I'm not sure where that came from. Uh, sorry. I, have, I have Annie, the sheet ghost kill. Yes. No, that's Linda. Linda? Okay, yeah. I, have, I have Linda, the sheet goes kill. <laughs> Alrighty. That guy award. Leo, who do you have? So, 
So again, the That Guy Award, it's funny that you mentioned this early on because it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a reach for me, but I hope you guys appreciate it and accept it. I have the theme song as the That Guy Award because you hear that in so many different things nowadays and yeah. you already know that it's from Halloween. I appreciate that. That's a solid, solid take there. <laughs> Rye, what about you? PJ Simmons, Linda. Who the hell's PJ Simmons? PJ Souls. Oh, Souls. Souls, sorry. Fucking auto-correct, auto sorry. Meg, what, what about you? <laughs> um, I went with Kyle Richards because I'm a huge uh, Real Housewives fan. So I see her and I'm like, ah, it's Lindsay. Do you think Lindsay's going to die in Halloween Kills? I hope not. Um, I, I, you know, I was watching Real Housewives and Kyle was talking in the show about when she went down there to film. And she wasn't down there for that long. So Uh-oh. either they rushed all her scenes or she gone back. <laughs> so the every time like I because I saw that with uh, Jamie in, ha- in Halloween 2018. And I always go- like think about Donald Pleasance. I think he was only there like five days and he filmed everything there. So I'm hoping that right. that's one of those situations because I think it's cool to see Lindsay back. And I'll get to a Lindsay comment later when we talk about the sequels. Um, but, yeah, it's good to have her back. Alrighty, for me, I went with Charles Cyphers as bracket because he's a John Carpenter alum. Like he's in a lot of his movies, but every time I see him, I'm like, oh, there's bracket again in a John Carpenter movie. And fun facts of, of folks that love sports movie, he is the GM of the Cleveland Indians in Major League. Oh wow! Mm. S- Six man of the film, best supporting player. I I personally went with Nick Castle because without the shape working, the movie doesn't work. So I went with him. What about you, Meg? Who'd you go here? Same. Same. Leo? Uh, honestly, it was a tough one. Uh, I ended up going, honestly, I don't, I don't think he's really a six man, but I ended up putting John Carpenter just for the fact that he, he built so many different things with directing, screenplay, the score. Like he was like the epitome of like a, a six man. You he w- put him in and he does anything he needs to do. He was also Paul on the phone. Oh, really? Was yep. he? Yes. Uh, Ryan, what about you? I went with Dr. Loomis here. Nice. So for I, the Icebox Award, the MVP of the film, I actually I cheated and I went with two because these two are incredible in it. I went with Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis. Like those are the absolute two best parts of the film for me. Uh, Meg, who'd you go with? Uh, Jamie Lee, because without her, we wouldn't have the final girl. Yep. Leo, what about you? Jamie Lee. Yeah. I mean, even though Pleasance also like did an incredible job, I, I know that if I pick two people, I won't have anyone for the other ones. So I went with Jamie Lee. <laughs> right. What about you? Jamie Lee. Nice. And then finally, Peaks and Valleys. Uh, Peak, I actually went with, she's a very nice lady. I met her a few years ago, but it is what it is. Uh, Sandy Johnson, who played Judith Myers. So I don't i don't know anything she did after this or she even acted after this so i went with her and then my valley is jamie jamie lee uh right who do you go with here peak nancy chris annie and valley john Carpenter. awesome that's a good one that's another good yeah that's another solid one i would i i would have i should have thought of that as well uh meg what about you um for valley obviously had to go with jamie lee um and peak, I think I did go with Sandy. I, I was kind of debating between Sandy and Nancy. Yeah, uh, Leo, what about you? Uh, peak, Donald Pleasance, and Valley Kyle Richards. <gasps> Aw, damn. Like, and, I, and it's not that I think he does no good work after this. I just think that like he becomes known simply for this. Yeah, that's true. 
Alrighty, and to finish up on Halloween one, some quick facts. Um, the original title was The Babysitter's Murders, but the events of the film were actually supposed to take out through several days. And then it was changed because of budgets for one day, and then the title was obviously changed to Halloween. So we know about Donald Pleasance, but John Carpenter approached Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee to play Sam Loomis. Now, the funny part is, Leo, I'm going to test you here. Why do you think Peter Cushing said no? Think of the year. What was we? What? I don't know. Ryan, do you want to take a guess? No idea. Meg, do you want to take a guess? <laughs> don't even ask. So the year before, he was in a little independent film called Star Wars as Grandma oh Talk. Oh, my God. So he, wa- <laughs> he wanted too much money. <laughs> to play Loomis so obviously that didn't that didn't work out I it would have been an interesting take right because we we just saw him as in Star Wars as like this grandma talking and then you know what as Loomis as a completely different person um obviously do you know what the mask is the the origin of the mask Leo and Ryan no it's like it's like the inside out of another mask so it's not so it's not the inside out Meg do you want to tell them uh, yeah, it's actually William Shatner. It's an oh, old without any without all the features whited out, I guess. <laughs> no, so pretty much the mask was m- featureless. It was just like a different color. They painted it white and removed the eyelashes, and that's it. They had such a low budget; they just went to a costume shop, grabbed the, one of the cheapest masks they could find, which happened to be that, and just went to town. Yep. And then going off the budget that Meg mentioned before, all the actors wore their own clothes since there was no money for a costume department. Jamie Lee Curtis got her entire wardrobe as JCPenney. Next up, Sam Loomis was named after Sam Loomis in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Oh, that's cool. Hold on. Robert Englund of A Nightmare on Elm Street revealed in an interview that John Carpenter had him throw bags of dead leaves on the set for one day. So Freddy was on the set of Halloween before he was ever oh, Freddy. Oh, that that's a three-way crossover. Yep. <laughs> uh, this is also something that's more known. Uh, or, the, originally, the script, Dr. Loomis had a surprise reaction at the end of the movie, but he decided to go in a different look and he had the I knew this would happen face at the end of the film, which I think worked very, very well. Uh, last last two years, oh no, last one, Deborah Hill worked for no salary and a percentage of the profits. So since the film grossed $70 million, I think that worked out very well for her. And that's it for Halloween 1. Let's move on to Rick Rodenthal's Halloween 2. Complete change, I think. And I love Halloween, too. Don't get me wrong. I just love the idea that it takes place on the same day kind of thing, more of the night he comes home. But it's more... We are taken from the thematic elements of Halloween to a complete slasher film. This is a... I think this is the... After Friday the 13th, this is the the next up in a full-on slasher film. Uh, Leo, I'll start with you since this is your first time. What did you think of Halloween, too? I, I I immediately knew I was going to love it when Mr. Sandman is the first thing I hear. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I liked it. I, just like you, Dave, um, and I think you may have even warned me about this earlier on when we were reviewing. Um, we were reviewing, I believe, uh, there was a different movie we were reviewing, but I'm like, the fact that it takes place the same night, it just continues the story. I, I love that. Um, you also see the usage of the first-person POV. Um, my only concern or a little confusion was why Lori was acting like she was on Nightmare on Elm Street. 
trying to avoid going to sleep. That wasn't the thing <laughs> part one. So I'm like, why Why is it a thing now all of a sudden? Uh, but overall, a great movie. I thought it was a really cool, really cool ending, and I didn't understand why there'd be more after this. Oh, yeah. Rye, what about you? I think it moved very well. I dug it uh, beginning to end. I dug the hospital chase. The only thing I couldn't understand was how well... How was that uh, explosion so well contained? <laughs> <laughs> that's true because that's the only part of the fucking hospital that exploded. Uh, Meg, what about you? Thoughts on Halloween too? See, now I just want to watch that explosion scene again. That was just, <laughs> I actually laughed out loud at that scene um, as messed up as it was. I mean, I live for movies that are a direct sequel, like how they just kick off right yep. where the last one began. Me too. So that was really what lured me into this. Um, it wasn't my favorite sequel of all time. But it's up there. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I love it's actually the first Halloween that I saw. So full disclosure, like it was 1995. Uh, actually, what year? Leo, you're a big Jim Carrey fan. What year did the mask come out? 94 or 95? I think it was 95. Okay. 94. 94. Okay. So, so it was October of 94. I was seven years old at the time and I had dressed up as the Mads. That's how I remember this very well. We had, I had just come home from trick or treating and it was 945. So I caught the end of Halloween, but the first full on Halloween movie that I ever saw was Halloween 2. And yeah, like I'm with you. Like it's, it's such a fun sequel. The fact that it takes place the same night and I believe it is the first sequel of all time to start the same night as the as the predecessor so that's oh, a wow. yeah so that's a cool little trope that it started there uh originally carpenter and hill wanted nothing to do with the sequel and carpenter wrote the script drunk hence why we got the luke skywalker darth vader reveal of of them being brother and sister <laughs> also while we're not doing any of any of the categories here just general thoughts and uh some facts about it Jamie Lee's wig is awful. <laughs> yes. It is awful. And credit to credit to Jenny for this because after Fan Four Stick, she kind of put me onto bad wigs and films. <laughs> and I pay attention to that a lot more now. And yeah, that wig was awful. Uh in terms of money, the movie costs a little bit more, two point five million, but it didn't still make twenty five million dollars. Next up for Michael Myers was 21. Dick Warlock played Michael Myers, and he is who I think, with Nick Castle, the two best Michael Myers. There's a specific scene that he's towards the end when he's stalking Laurie, and he's going down the stairs. And if you watch the scene carefully, he's not looking down. So Dick Warlock actually went up and down those stairs numerous times and counted in his head and learned how many steps it is. So when they shot the scene, he would just continue to look straight as kind of like making Myers this force that he just knows where he's going without looking anywhere type of thing. So that that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, Rye, what did you think of this Myers? I dug him. Leo, thoughts? I uh, again, like it's it's tough. It's tough to like make something more menacing when it's like pretty basic as it is. But I felt that he was more menacing. I felt like he was a an a, just a, an an elaboration on the first one, um, which is tough to do with no lines. <laughs> <laughs> Meg, what about you? I mean, I didn't really have a thought on it because it's kind of like what Leo said, you know, no lines. So for me, the shape is just the shape. Um, half the time, I honestly, not just in this movie, in the, in the franchise in general, half the time I forgot who was under the mask. Oh, nice. Because I wasn't looking at it as, okay, this movie had this person, this movie had that person. I was just looking at it as, 
holy shit, this guy's going to kill everyone. I'm going to look into this just as if I was a person in Haddonfield. Gotcha. Uh, best kill in the movie. So it's funny. I don't know if you guys would agree with me on this. This movie had more kills, but I don't think there's anything that's too iconic outside of one. The only one that really stands out to me was the scalpel in the back. Because uh, oh. that's, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense because Myers, it's definitely not that strong. But like we talked about the Bob's kill in the first one, it's just suspend your disbelief. Uh, Leo, what's your favorite kill? So it's a favorite kill because of the person that got killed. It's like that. Uh, Bud, no, no, Bud, I love Bud. With, no. with Bud is a douchebag. I love Bud. Bud is, Bud is a terrible oh, human no. being and deserves Leo. to die as soon as they show him on screen. I, so I, when, I, when 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 he so when he's when he's when he's getting up to like you know turn down the heat yeah. in the uh, in the hot tub. I'm looking forward to him getting killed. So Leo, he's getting choked out with my favorite Full kill. disclosure, shout out to Fright Rags. They, uh, two or three years ago, they sold a hoodie from Haddonfield Memorial, like the jackets that they wear, yeah. and they have a Bud jacket, and I bought it. I <laughs> love Bud. He is the quintessential horror person uh character in a horror film that is meant to get killed like he's just there because you know he's gonna but he's fucking hilarious like that song he sings the amazing grace come sit on my face it's so (laughs) random but fucking hilarious and yeah um rye what about you who was your favorite kill best death was uh hot tub kill uh (gasps) yeah karen yep is that yours meg i actually did a tie i did karen and ben nice the the karen death um the little fact that i have there was when michael comes up behind her dick warlock in an interview talked about he had just shot a whole bunch of scenes so he hadn't had time to clean his hands they were just dirty so that's where she puts his finger in his mouth that was like an ad lib and he felt really bad about it because his hands were completely dirty yeah So some quick facts before we move on to Halloween 3. The mask, despite it looking a little different in terms of wear and tear, the the mask Michael wears is the exact same mask used in Halloween 2. I mean, in Halloween 1. Oh, shoot. Yep. I did not know that. So the reason it looks different was because it's a fun story. It looks different in the sequel because the paint faded due to this. Nick Castle, the original Micro, kept kept it in his back pocket during shoots. Deborah Hill kept the mask under her bed for several years until filming of Halloween 2, causing it to collect dust and yellow because Hill was a heavy smoker. Also, the mask appears wider because Dick Warlock is shorter and stockier than Nick Castle, so the mask fit his head differently, so it stretched out. So this led, because of this, no one, and honestly, with the small budget, no one thought this would turn into a franchise. No one ever thought to make a new mold, a mold, a diff copies of it. So that's why after this, when the masks go into a clusterfuck of garbage after, <laughs> after, after, after Halloween 2 because of the, the fact they never made a copy of it, which ironically, and we're going to get to with Halloween 4, like, they could just watch Halloween one and just make the same fucking mask. I, it, it's, it's a little bit ridiculous what ends up happening with that. Uh, I mentioned before, uh, John Carpenter did not want to make this film. He thought Halloween one should be a standalone. So he wrote the entire, uh, uh, as he said, a six pack of Budweiser every day, which led to what he believes an inferior script and bad choices in the movie's overall story. Uh, the reason, uh, Rick Rosenthal was 
change the movie because there is a lot of more kills in the movies because John Carpenter didn't actually like the first cut of the film. And John Carpenter actually shot a lot of the extra kills that were that were done in the film because it he felt like it needed more. Ironically, that his had so little. Uh, this is the only film to sh- the only Halloween film to show the morning after the thirty first. Every other movie ends on Halloween night. And then this is this is a cool one. I guess a cool one. It seems shady. According to Dick Warlock, Deborah Hill was on the set throughout the shoot, including his stock sequences. At one point, he asked her about his slow walk, and she replied, it's fine, keep doing that. After the release of the film, Deborah Hill said in an interview said that he walked too slow and didn't resemble Nick Castle's portrayal, which led to beef between the two. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's Halloween, too. Next up, I can't wait to talk about this one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I... I'm going to uh, I I'm going to go first because I fucking love Halloween 3 season of the witch. <laughs> I I think I'm going to I'll start up by saying I was one of those when I first saw Halloween 3. I I knew there was something wrong when as a kid I always saw the Halloween 3 box at Kmart. And I I was and I was like, well, I I don't know what this these this pumpkin this this goblin and the skeleton are well i don't know what this has to do with michael myers or whatever so i saw halloween 3 for the first time i think it was i was uh 13 12 or 13 years old and i don't like it i was like oh this does this is not halloween 3 at all this is like why why the hell are you doing this so as time progressed i probably like i didn't see it again until i was like 17 or 18 years old and i watched it for what it is like it's standalone film and as I watch it and I watch it and I progressively like it more, I think Halloween 3 has the second best score in the entire franchise. It's the ending score, the opening score, the, the, the score of um, of them traveling to Santa Mira. That score works on so many levels for me. I love the fact that this movie is one of the, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the only horror films to have a middle-aged man as the hero. I like that they did that. I like that they tried something different. And I like the fact that this movie tries to be to create a horror anthology. So ahead of its time with the fact that American Horror Story pretty much does the same thing now of doing one season completely different, completely different storyline. Halloween 3 did it first. The movie's now starting to get this giant cult following, which I love. I totally understand why people may not like it because of what, you know, what the title of the movie is but as a standalone i think this movie works on a lot of levels for me and yeah i love halloween 3 so i know i'm probably gonna be the only one so i'll start off with leo on here <laughs> so it's funny maybe david maybe in like 10 years when i you know rewatch the series <laughs> and i'm like i can grow an appreciation for it too um but for now having watched it once and expecting michael myers I was let down just like the audience was back when it came out. <laughs> I didn't um, I didn't warn you about that. I'm sorry. That was my no, bad. No, no, I, wow, I, I, dude. Well, you you kind of did in a way because you um you I asked you before I watched them. Oh, hey, the let's... order, the order. Yes. I asked you the order to watch them in. And you're like, "Oh, 3 goes at the end." And I'm like, "That's interesting." I'm like, "Okay. You mentioned it was like an anthology, but I was like I was still like I didn't do any research. So I'm like, "Okay, I don't know what to expect." Um overall the movie was cool, but it just reminded me of an episode of The Twilight Zone. It was yeah. like, okay, it was all right. It, yep. was like, it wasn't bad, 
it was good. It was sci-fi-y, um, but it wasn't. It just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Expecting. So I was like, okay, that's okay. <laughs> right. What about you? I dug it. Honestly. Yes. I, I'm not alone. I really did. Um, the Halloween trailer in the bar is like the clerk's panel and reboot. Yep. Um, <laughs> like, but honestly, I think to avoid the heat, they should have just called it like Halloween the movie and just separated it from the thing from like the franchise itself mm-hmm. because. There was, like, no point, like, besides the trailer, there was no tie-in. And also, I'm curious about the uh, hang, like the cliffhanger. Like, where were they planning on going with it? They they like, were they weren't. So the, the end of the movie is a take on the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay. So you, you it's supposed to leave up to your, a, to your discretion as to how it ends. I do have notes about what the novelization of the book has for the ending of the movie, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Meg, what are what, your thoughts on Halloween 3? You know, Leo kind of mentioned, like, when he first watched it, he had this reaction, and maybe, like, in 10 years, he'll have another reaction. Um, all these years later, I'm still, I still sit here like, what the fuck? Yeah! <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you may have a totally different reaction, but still to this day, it is, like, my, one of my least favorite movies. Um, not just... Not just in the franchise, but like of all time, because I just it's so out there and so out in left field that you you just kind of sit there like, what am I watching? This where's there's no Michael Myers. No, no, no. Like it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. It's like a total. It's like oh, I almost made a reference that would not have been perceived well. <laughs> um, no, say it. Just, just say it. <laughs> We're all friends ugly here. Redheaded stepchild. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And sometimes the ugly redheaded stepchild is beloved by many. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, here's a perfect example. We had uh, a colleague of the, a writer for the site went to cover the Halloween 40 anniversary panel in Pasadena a few years ago. And the outside of Halloween 1, the most popular panel was Halloween 3. Wow. I mean, it's got a cult, cult following, and I fully respect that. Yeah. I, I'm just not part of that. No, of course. Like the like we look at it as a comparison. Like this is my Snyder cut, except I think it's better than Snyder stuff. So it's you know okay. We'll look. We'll put it there. Um, in terms of the um the marketing, you guys nailed it. If you were alive in 1982, you would know that the marketing and the trailer for the film actually had the Halloween score, like the Halloween one score. So they marketed it as a Halloween entry, a next entry. And obviously, the movie completely bombed. Only two, only made fourteen point four million dollars. I will say that the kills, in terms of the kills, there are two kills that are near the top for me in the franchise. That little boy with the mask on, and all those. That kill was phenomenal, especially if you see it in HD. You actually see the snake coming out of his mouth. Uh, And then if you. The other scene that I really like was the kill in the hotel room where, where she misfire the lady misfires and it shoots her in the face. Yes. Those two kills are like near the top of the franchise for me. But uh those are my two favorite kills. Leo, what about you? Yeah, I think as far as uh as far as the kills are concerned, that boy, that boy, I'm like, wait, like that's that's a, that's heavy. Like I, I it's rare to see any children get harmed nowadays. And especially so, like, like that. Yeah. Especially like that. So yeah, that was my number one. Is the boy in the mask? Yeah. Right. What about you? Favorite kill was the head ripped off. I the rope just... with the robot. Yeah, like the guy <laughs> just ripped the guy's head off. Uh, yeah, what? 
the beginning, right? Like right, like um, like the guy. No, I think it was like towards the middle. Like he was like bad mouthing the town, and then the two guys came up and they ripped his head off. Fun fact: uh, the man, in the the older gentleman in the suit with one of the robots, that's Dick Warlock, who played Michael Myers in Halloween Two. Yep. Uh, Meg, what about you? Do you have a favorite kill? I know you don't like the movie too much, but... Um, I mean, it was kind of hard to choose because 95% of the kills were the henchmen. Um, yeah. So I actually had to go with Ellie just because, I mean, who uses a tire iron, a tire iron <laughs> to uh, decapitate someone? And I, I guess another reason I love this movie because I love Tom Atkins so much. I think Tom Atkins is awesome. Um, another thing, unanswerable question that I have here, shout out to the Ringers uh, rewatchables because they use this. How did they get Stonehenge to, to, to that factory? <laughs> that's what, like i love watching i have such a good time with it because it's such such ridiculousness that stonehenge thing is like okay i guess i guess um th- going into some quick facts before we move on to halloween 4 uh, after michael myers died at the end of halloween 2 the plan by john carpenter was to make a new halloween movie each year each telling a different halloween related story similar to American Horror Story does now. So obviously it failed and they never did it again. Season of the Witch, this is just more for for working titles. Season of the Witch was the original working title of Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Uh, Next up, Jamie Lee Curtis is actually in Halloween 3. Do you know where she is in Halloween 3? Probably on the TV somewhere. No. Nope. She is the voiceover of the Santa Mira in, in town of Santa Mira. Wow. But it was all archival footage. Oh. Well, what do you mean? I When I was reading up on it, it said that it was all just, obviously, you know, it was just her voice, that she went uncredited and it was, they used archival footage. But I'm still trying to figure out how they pulled that off. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Th- th- thanks for sharing that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong. The place I got it, I don't remember the site I got it from, so it could be um, total BS. So I kind of dig a little more research into that. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and then like I mentioned before, the ending of the film, the screen after after Danny Yo stopped it on the film, the, the it was very different. Apparently, pretty much how it ends, Ryan. If you really want to know, all the kid, all all the children across the world die. <laughs> so, yeah, so you you wanted that, um, you got it. Uh, so Halloween four, we move on to Halloween four here. I'll start with Leo. General thoughts on Halloween 4 and that awful mask. We're back, baby! <laughs> so, <laughs> I was excited just for the fact, like, okay, it's titled The Return of Michael Myers, so I'm definitely going to see Michael Myers again. Um, and I boy, you saw him. Out. I was very bummed out, though, because it, immediately you, you, you see it's a whole different take on it, because there's no POV, there's no theme at the beginning of the movie, and it's like, huh. Which I like. Right. I like that a lot, by the way. I, I, I was kind of a little bummed out. I was so excited to get back to like back to basics, and the fact that this starts so significantly different, it's like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna ruin it now. Uh, but uh, either as far as overall movie, I loved it. I thought it was really really good. I had a lot of callbacks to part one and part two, like mean kids bullying, the clown costumes, and then towards like the end of the movie, the POV returns. Um, but uh, overall, I thought it was really, really strong. I, I really enjoyed it. It was cool coming back. I was a, like, I guess the way they took the character was still, like, still a little far fetchy with Loomis and Myers both yeah. still being alive. But it is what it is. Halloween Four is the Force Awakens of the 1980s horror genre because it's essentially wow. a remake of Part One. <laughs> that makes mm. that's a good comparison. Rye, what did you think of Halloween Four? 
movie was good. Nice heel turn at the end. I dug it. <laughs> I love how you nailed, you nailed it as a heel turn. <laughs> Fantastic. Meg, what are your thoughts on Halloween 4? I mean, I like it. I mean, it's kind of kind of a cheap ripoff of Halloween because of the whole no POV and the fact that Jamie Lee wouldn't return. So they have, uh, they have you know, Jamie Lloyd. And so, but yet I enjoyed it at the same time. Yep. I And I kind of I agree with what you said. That was the Force Awakens. Force Awakens, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a really good call out. I dig, I dig it. I dig it a lot. I, I, I there's the stuff I don't like about it is I, I'm sure we all agree the mask is awful. I, mm. it, it feels like it's a completely different person at times. Uh, George Wilbur actually played Michael Myers this time around, and the fun fact he also plays Michael Myers in Halloween Six. The only the big difference is that they made George wear shoulder pads. In Halloween 4. So if you watch the movie and he looks a little weird up top, it's because he's wearing shoulder pads. Mm. Which I, I, yeah, I have no idea. Um, I gotta ask, is Rachel top female heroine in the franchise? Ryan? Uh, Or you didn't really dig her too much? Yeah, no, I, I I was in different order. Leo, what about you? She's up there, man. Rachel was hard not to like, yep. but uh, yeah. So you must really, really, really hate what happens in the next one. <laughs> Meg, what about you? What are your thoughts on Rachel? Indifferent. Indifferent? All right, cool. Uh, Shape Stocks, best kill. I went with Kelly Meeker. That, Yo, same. That, Yo, me too. Ryan, you just ruined it, didn't you? Uh, whoever got, I forgot who it was, but got their face ripped off. Oh, yeah, yes. you ruined it. Yeah, you ruined it. You ruined it. Yeah, that, that shotgun to the stomach makes no sense. It probably would never happen in real life, but fucking shit, did it look great. Yo, it was so awesome. Uh, some fun facts on Halloween 4. So, just so Daniel Harris, who I think is incredible on here, and we'll talk about the end in a little bit, but I think she's really, really good. It's one of the best child performances I've seen, uh, especially with what she's doing here. Uh, so Dan- so for Daniel Harris, she-, she wouldn't be scared. George Wilbur would often lift up his mask between takes to remind her that they were just making a movie and that he was not going to hurt her. This fun fact is a uh, friend of the show, Kevin, for Leo, for anyone that loves sports movies. The Vincent Drugstore used in Halloween 4 and 5 was also the same Vincent Drugstore used in The Sandlot. Oh, shoot. Why did I not know that? Uh, next up, I mentioned George. George Wilbur used hockey pads under the jumpsuit to uh, so he could become a more imposing figure. So this one, well, I mentioned that Lindsay would come into play. So do you guys remember the Lindsay driving Rachel to the store? That is was supposed to be Lindsay from Halloween One. Oh. So that looking at the age range it does make sense because 10 years later she is 17 17 18 so it actually does make sense in terms of the the age range but they decided at the end to try to avoid any connections to the original characters outside of loomis they wanted to 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 separate from that so i think loomis and and uh jamie are the only uh connections to halloween one so, and then finally, the original ending had Rachel go upstairs to take a shower and replace the dirty bloodstained clothes she was wearing, only to have Jamie sneak up behind her and stab her to death. This scene was later changed to uh, her mother. So, in terms of the ending, uh, Ryan, you, you the heel turn, did you see that coming? Nope, and that's why I dug it. Yep. Leo, thoughts on the ending? 
loved it. I mean, it's funny because like you, your call out to the actress that plays Jamie Lloyd, it, she did incredible, man. You couldn't help but just fall in love with her. I love Daniel um, Harris. I and, I very yeah. much love her. And then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, no one. I don't think anyone could have seen that coming because I, I guess there was no real hints that it could happen. But, or at least I missed them completely. I, I I loved it. I thought it was a really, really cool ending. Meg, thoughts on the end? It gave a perfect callback to the OG, the beginning of the OG film. So, I mean, it was, it was, I know you said there was no connection apart from Loomis, but to me, that was a connection. Mm-hmm. And so I really liked how they kind of tied in without actually trying to tie in. Yeah, I, I just love the POV shot as well. That's, and, and this is when... I like the use of the score. I don't know if you remember the end credits roll and it's the opening score again. And the reason Alan Howarth, who composed the score, uh, removed the Halloween theme from the opening, Leo, was to differentiate his score from Carpenter to try to make... Because after this, he takes over for the next three movies, the score. And this is kind of to show the a change... Actually, not even. He composed Halloween 2 and Halloween 3. But this one was to... It's pretty much a new age, kind of like the remake kind of thing. So we're going to start things a little different. So that's why he did that. And then you'd think that Jamie is going to be very important in terms of an evil heel Jamie in Halloween 5. And then we get Halloween 5. (laughs) 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 Which has... And I honest, I watch it, and it's it's a guilty pleasure at this point. I it's it's terrible. It's towards the bottom of the franchise for me, but it has the most annoying, annoying character in a horror movie of all time. Leo, I hope we're on the same boat. What do you think I of think, Halloween Five? So already, it's funny. Already, the fact that we're talking about this movie, I'm like, okay, we probably do have the most annoying person together. Um, I, so I was. I mean, it sounds like you guys are all in the same boat. Incredibly let down. I thought we were like really going to a really cool place with this franchise. It's got a, a again that the opening credits are very different again. Um, it it does eventually phase into the theme song. I'm like, okay, okay, we're back. The whole mental link thing. I'm like, <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> and um, I think the one also moment that I'm like that stood out to me, and I don't know if you guys, you guys probably, yeah, you guys are huge fans. When the cops show up on screen, there's like a cartoony little thing yes. that comes up. Yep. The director, um, Dominique Olenthard Gerard, I've I butcher her name, whatever. He butchered Halloween five, so it's okay. Um <laughs> he asked for that in the score. Why? Yeah, like, I I have no idea. Like I just felt like this movie was like was it trying to be a caricature? Was it just trying to push like I don't know. No, I, I, I thought, he thought he wanted to be edgy. I've seen the documentary on. He seems like he thought he was making a really solid movie. Yeah, and ultimately, even though I loved that Danielle Harris and like the way she did the role in Part Four, I think Mute Jamie sucks. Mute Jamie was annoying, and she could have done so much more with just writing on a board and communicating with Doctor Loomis. Um, there is a. So we mentioned Jamie, and we mentioned annoying characters. Her little friend is the second most annoying character I've ever seen in a horror movie. Billy is awful. Billy is just awful. We talk about how good her Jamie Daniel Harris was in Halloween Four. This little boy, whoever he is, not it, not it at all. Uh, Ryan, thoughts on Halloween Five? Uh, I agree with you guys. I don't like they didn't stick with the turn. Um, Jamie was better in Return. Uh, I 
feel like everyone sucks in this one. Um, only reason I care to see six is to see who let him out and why. Mm-hmm. And I went from Jamie was so great to I hope he gets her. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> Meg, thoughts on Halloween 5? Can we just forget that it exists? I, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> That's what else is there to say? I do like the ending though, even though it makes no sense. Here's my thing, and continuity is what it is on the, in this movie, and logic goes out the window here. So you capture Michael Myers. Let's just say he's hanging in the prison cell, right? What? Why didn't? It, why is he still wearing his mask? Yeah, yeah. Everyone leaves the mask on when he captures him for some reason. It's, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, well, that's a choice. So, Leo, who who is your most disliked character? Bro, Tina's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Tina's the worst. Tina's absolutely awful. Like the the second she comes on screen, I'm like, well, I guess I guess they're just trying to play up the whole like '80s vibe. Like, is this what that like, people thought '80s teenagers were like? But I'm like, but she's just like on a different level of annoying. Yeah, I agree. Like, they try yeah. to redeem her at the end where she tries to um where she sacrifices yeah. herself, which was a you know it's it was. It was a cool moment or whatever, but yeah, it it sucked. Uh, my biggest pet peeve in this movie is actually nothing within the contents of the performances. It's actually the Myers house. Why does it look like a castle? I don't know if you guys noticed that. I, I noticed it, pay, no. If you look up Myers house and Halloween, just look up Halloween one and then look up Myers house on Halloween five. It's it, Halloween five is a castle. It looks it's a completely different house and decor of the house I, I that really has always bothered me when i first saw halloween 5 i'm like oh just just not only did they fuck up the entire jamie storyline it was the house really sucked uh rachel dying i hated that rachel died as well and then the mo- the movie made no money 11.6 million dollars so it made no money well also did you know that um rachel's death was actually played down yes i did they were supposed to stick on uh the the scissor was supposed to go through her throat and Rachel, uh, Ellie, Ellie Cornell, Ellie. yeah, she said that she, Rachel deserved a better death, and then they settled on the just the scissor in the chest thing. I think, which I think is lame. The throat would have been so cool, and so it would have been really like had that shock value to I, it. I think for me, the lame part was her dying. I just, I just yeah. like, I, right, I, I, I agree. I, I think they should have for what we got with Tina. I, yeah, I, I don't think that. That was a smart choice. Uh, some facts before we move on to Halloween 6. This is the lowest grossing film in the entire series. Not shocking there. Mm-hmm. Um, after This is a cool n- nod to Donald Pleasance. After filming for two weeks, Donald Pleasance was done. And he actually gave her his trailer to Daniel Harris because he says she is a star of the movie. Aww. Which is pretty dope. So this is, as a Friday the 13th fan... And I'm sure we all love the Friday the 13th franchise. The Jamie Lloyd character has a striking parallel to Tommy Jarvis. Both characters appear in the 4th, 5th, and 6th centuries. They both become institutionalized and develop homicidal tendency themselves after the killer. In this film, Jamie starts out as mute in the 5th Friday, uh, and Tommy rarely speaks. At the end of the film, Tommy is seen holding a knife and essentially becomes Jason. At the end of the previous Halloween, Jamie is seen holding a pair of scissors, and she essentially becomes Michael. Hmm. And going to what you were saying too before, Rai, Donald Pleasance actually had disagreements with Akkad and the director, citing that Jamie should have been portrayed as all evil after stabbing her stepmother. So people thought that that should have been the case. 
Uh, Mustafa Akkad, who's the producer, said that one of his biggest regrets was killing off the character of Rachel. In retrospect, he would have kept her alive, but she, but she was killed in an attempt to show that no one, not even Rachel, was safe from Michael. And Ryan, you mentioned the man in black, or who would, uh, who got Michael out of jail. Mm-hmm. So the man in black was actually added by the director without a purpose. He said they'll answer it in the sequel. <laughs> wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. Yep. Safe to say he never did another uh, Halloween movie again. And then we are taken to Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. And this one is one that there's a lot to talk about here. So now Halloween leaves. And this is why I've spoken to some friends off the line about Halloween box sets. Why don't they really exist outside of the one that was released in 2014? Is because this franchise has so many different studios that it's hard to put a box set together. And with who owns the rights of uh, six, seven, eight, it's going to be a long time before we get one again. So six, seven, and eight is owned by another monster in the wine scenes. So, so dimension and dimension is a sublet of Miramax. And then they release these next three. So that's why, you probably won't see this for a long time on on Blu-ray because of the issues with the rights. So, thought, overall thoughts on Halloween Six. Now, before we before I before you get to it, there are two versions of Halloween Six. Yes. The the producer's cut, which I first saw when I was fourteen, I bought a bootleg on eBay, and it is a completely different movie, completely different opening, completely different uh, score, completely different at a final act. It is pretty much a brand new movie. I actually have Halloween Six and Producers Cut as one in my, I think, in my top five because I really do like it. But the original theatrical cut is actually in the bottom. It's terrible. So, Leo, thoughts on Halloween Six? So it's funny when you gave me the list of watching, I noticed that you said Six Six Producers Cut. I'm like, bro. I mean, really? I mean, like most most cuts of anything are like just maybe like two or three additional scenes. This is not the Snyder cut. But they are really different movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? Just to give you guys an idea, like the, these are the things I wrote out as I'm watching the regular version of it. Cult? What the <laughs> hell? The Thorn, new man. Theme song, so, new theme song sounds too techno-y. So many questions about Michael with this cult. <laughs> Paul Rudd? That's his first there's movie. A, first movie. There's a, there's a baby in the car. What the hell? <laughs> Baby alone in the bus depot. Douchebag dad. Oh jeez. Oh god. <laughs> way too many. Way too many intricate death reveals. And Michael moves faster in this one. He does. Yeah, it feels like Michael after he kills these people is like, you know what? I got a few minutes. Let me set these. Let me set these fuckers up real nice so they can be found. Uh, Ryan, yeah. what are your thoughts on Halloween Six? Uh, hard time to get into. Um, did you see both? When, or did you just no, see... I only saw... The, the theatrical? theatrical? Okay. Yeah. Since when does Michael have a goddamn symbol? Um, Halloween 5. Halloween 5, he has a symbol already. Oh, really? I didn't notice yeah. that. Yeah, when he wakes My up... Bad. When he wakes up at the beginning with the... With the um, I don't know, like the hermit? That was supposed to be Mr. Death or something Death, and that's who... Added the the thorn symbol on his the arm. Thorn symbol, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, I didn't notice that. My bad. Um, and also, okay. Doug the Jason, little Jason X reference. 
Which was that? What, what was that? They're like, oh, what are they going to do? Michael in space? Oh, okay. <laughs> Meg, what are your thoughts on Halloween Six? Um, the producer's cut was the first version I had seen of this. Um, if I had seen the original cut first, I probably would have like thrown myself onto a <laughs> pair of scissors. You so would, I, you would have like hit yourself with the pipe and blood green, like Michael did in the theatrical cut. Ba-boom, There you go. I, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, but I mean, th- thank God I saw the producer's cut first. That's the only thing that saved this movie movie for me. Yeah, it was outside of the first two. Halloween, f- Halloween six was the first one I ever rented at a video store, and yeah, it, it was pretty pretty terrible. Uh, it's it, you can tell there's another cut exists just from watching that. Just like there's so many bad edits in the theatrical cut and. Even though Paul Rudd is still looks the same now, he's aged really well. It was a poor choice in terms of roles. Thank God he had Clueless that that year, right, Meg? Yeah, he did. All right, thank God for that. Uh, so pretty much the movie was changed a lot based on Donald Pleasant's death because if you see the ending of the producer's cut, he pretty much, which makes no sense anyway, how the thorn symbol changes from yes. Michael to... Thank you. Yeah, it doesn't make any it's sense. Not contagious. It's not a contagious handshake that's going to switch yeah. over the symbol. It's not COVID. <laughs> uh, I do think it's. I do think the scream at the end makes more sense with what we got in the producer's cut. But fun fact, I don't know if you guys noticed that. Notice this. So at the end of the producer's cut, you you see Michael walking out with like the top hat and the jacket, and he's still wearing his boots. But Wynn is still wearing Michael's boots. At the end of the movie, when he grabs Loomis, he's like, this is your game now, Michael. I mean, Loomis, he's wearing Michael's boots. So continuity wise. So what do you also what do you think of the casting issues with Daniel Harris not coming back as Jamie? That's one of the things that killed me for this movie. Like, I hate when they recast a character, especially in a character as important as Jamie. Yep. Uh, Leo, thoughts on that? Yeah, man. I think it was. It took me out of it, right? Because like, especially because like now we can look this stuff up on like in real time, and it's like, oh, why wasn't she back? Um, and then you start seeing like the, the the stuff behind the scenes. I'm like, oh, come on, man. That's such a dumb reason. Like, I you could have kept her, and it would have made. I mean, I don't think it would have saved this movie. I don't think money things could have saved this movie. <laughs> but it, it at least would have like kept me more engaged into it. I think Meg Meg, Meg hit it right on the head. Like it just. It's just one more reason to not want to watch it. Did you? You said you looked it up. Did you see why she didn't come back? Yeah. So it, supposedly it, it it was like a like a quote unquote contract dispute, but like she wasn't even asking for that much money. Yeah, she just wanted to not be paid scale, especially how, how important she was. And I think the crazy thing is that she legally emancipated herself in yes. order to shoot the film, and then they're like, nah. You know, we're we're not going to give you that, and that's yeah. All she really wanted was like she just wanted to make a little bit more than what she spent to get emancipated. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy that they went through that entire thing. Uh, and I just googled the amount that she wanted, and well, that's what's the amount? What's the amount if you five thousand dollars? Yeah, it's that's it's nothing. Nothing for what she's done for the past three films or the past two films, I should say. Um, in terms of best kill. I for me I went with the nurse at the beginning of the movie where Michael sticks her head in that that blade and he just hangs she just hangs there while he's looking at her that's where I went there what about you Leo so 
it's funny because I remember how you mentioned like when I when I told you when I broke your heart about Bud, and you're like, oh, like he's like the quintessential person you want to see killed. Yeah. Um, I oh. hope you weren't a fan of the douchebag dad no. in this movie. No, not at all. I thought you were actually. Okay. Gonna, I thought you were going to see the DJ. <laughs> no, douchebag, douchebag dad was so much worse. Yeah. Douchebag dad was so much worse. His death was so gratifying, and his death in the theatrical cut was better than the one in the producer. Oh, cut. where his head explodes. Yeah, the yeah. final, that final, the little oomph was like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, what about you, Ry? Best death was Jamie when he turns on that machine and just starts like really rigging in the insides. Oh. You are a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For, first, you want to kill an Eddie, and now like this one. <laughs> Meg, what about you? I went with John. I mean, stabbed, electrocuted, explosions. I Every mean, that's day. just the trifecta right there. Uh, some fun facts. I mentioned before, Paul Rudd's film debut, even though uh, Clueless came out first, he filmed this first. So technically, his theatrical film debut was Halloween 6. Um, it was Daniel Farrens, the director, who suggested the film to be called The Curse of Michael Myers due to the troubled production. However, the most random connection the return the revenge and the curse is also the same title of three pink panther movies <laughs> oh wow it's random but i thought it was it, it was funny enough to mention on here uh so the original script of the movie was more moody and psychological than the final draft after reading the script one of the execs had dimension could not sleep that night pretty much it was examining Haddonfield with without Michael Myers as in Michael Myers is more of a symbol and how pe- residents of Haddonfield have have dealt with him as he you know is no longer around but they went with the traditional destruction and all that fun stuff this is the last one here it's highly speculated that fan by fans that Kara's father John is actually the father of Danny his grandson because in the producer's cut, he pulls out a picture of Kara at work and says very aggressively, happy Halloween, little girl, almost being sexually aggressive as John is known to speak his mind a lot about things, never holding back. And he and the fact that he calls Danny a little bastard. Hmm. I think it's a stretch, but it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Um, There's but, been bigger stretches. So. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with. Oh, yeah. Next <laughs> next up, here we go. So Halloween 6 is over. It pretty much kills the franchise for three years. And then we get Halloween H2O. August 5th, 1998, $17 million budget, $75 million box office. Ryan, I'll kick it off with you this time. What do you think of H2O? I like that they retconned 4 through 6, but not 2. I actually really dug it. It was funny. Uh... Poor LL, Doug, uh, the Psycho 2 reference. Leo, thoughts? Uh, also, I thought it was really cool. We started off with Mr. Sandman again, so <laughs> fantastic. Um, I like the little um, meta call-outs with like, the Jason mask showing up. Um, like the, uh, I think there's a, one of the, was there someone, there's a reference to Scream, definitely. Well, no, there's a lot. Yeah, I'll get I'll get to that in in a little bit. But the psycho reference as well. Yeah, the psycho reference. Um, uh, it's the best cast by far of all the movies. Um, just like single as far as single talent in this, I think this has the best the best cast so far. Um, overall, I liked it. I know that it it definitely made it into my top five. Meg, thoughts? 
The only thing I didn't like about this film is the runtime. Oh, the how long uh, was it? Eighty, like eighty-six 80, minutes. Yeah. Eighty-six minutes. That's the only thing I disliked about it because it was so like perfectly executed and it just kind of got cut short. So for me, I I don't love it. I think it's a it's stuck in its time. It's very. I think it's in terms of it's a creature of the 1990s in a way. Like I can watch Scream and it feels timeless, but Halloween H2O feels like a poor man Scream. And the reason I say that too is because Kevin Williamson was a ghostwriter on a Halloween H2O. And it feels like he is trying to sprinkle the elements of Scream, which makes sense. Scream was the monster that it was, and Scream 2 had just come out. I get it, but I think it doesn't it doesn't age well for the franchise that we have with Halloween. Like Scream was his own entity creating a Scream version of Halloween. This is kind of what I look at it. It's like Scream hash hashtag Halloween type of thing. Um that's kind of where I'm stuck with it. I hate the score of this film. The score had to be redone because the original score was so bad. And even the one that we ended up getting was terrible. I hate the Michael Myers mask here. I hate the fact that they use a CGI Myers mask here. I think it's pretty piss poor when you look at it. And I think it's difficult to use CGI in 1998 and look at it now in 2020 and be like, oh my God, that's, you know, why did they do that? But the real question is, why did they do that? It's a mass. Put it on the guy, and you're good to go. Um, I do think Jamie Lee is inc- pretty awesome in here. This actually was supposed to be a direct-to-DVD movie originally. Wow. Yeah, but once oh. it once they got Jamie, it, it changed everything. Um, the original idea was for Michael to stalk an all-women's boarding school. And the plot eventually also revealed a copycat killer. So, like, Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning, essentially, is what this is. And then once they got Jamie, they changed the entire script along. So I'm not as big on Halloween H2 as others, but, you know, I definitely understand the love. Uh, thoughts on the Michael? I know Meg says you're more, you're more on the indifferent on the character as a whole, but what do you think of the Myers here? Leah, I'll start with you. I guess at this point it's like kind of like I'm I'm on the Meg train pretty much. Which mm-hmm. Like I, it's like it's hard to kind of like differentiate anything that's glaringly different. Yep. Um, I I do think that in this one there's a little bit more um time away from Michael to really get like to focus on what he looks like. But uh, overall he's still still intimidating, still scary, still slow moving. <laughs> right. Uh, what about you? I think the, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like. Uh, you know, I don't really notice much of a difference. He's still scary. He's still intimidating. Uh, Meg. Any Same thoughts? what they're saying. Really. Cool. So I think one of the big issues for me with the mask is that you see Michael's eyes. I don't. That's you. Know, this is the first. This is the. This and Resurrection are the only two that you actually see his eyes. So I. Oh. Yeah. The other ones actually make a point of like a faceless, a faceless look. Like you don't see. There's nothing behind there. Um. The outside of that, it is what it is. The best kill for me was more of a reveal. Sarah after her death, how she's just hanging there. I think that's really solid. Uh, Leo, what about you? Uh, Nurse Chambers, actually, at the beginning. Um, I thought it was one of those like, oh, my gosh, she's so close to the cops right outside. Like she's literally right there. If they only were to turn around and like that, that, that little building of like, 
oh my gosh, it was so close. I mean, granted, she's still going to die, and their cops are probably going to die with her, but it was just like she was so close to finding that that saving that I kind of I, I like the way that that was executed. Rye, what about you? "Quote unquote," Michael at the end, first going through the windshield and crushing yeah. between, and then beheaded. Like, oh, it was like, you know, just if it was only Michael. <laughs> uh, yeah. Meg, what about you? I actually have a total curveball here. I went with Jimmy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, that's a great one, yeah. Because okay. not only was he stabbed in the face with an ice skate, he they kind of pulled what they did in Scream by showing a well-known face in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. letting viewers think he's going to be in it for a while, only to die in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, that's good a that's call. a really good yeah. call. So some quick facts about Halloween H2O. Uh, Meg, you kind of hinted at it earlier in the episode where we talked about a callback to Psycho. So during the scene where Norma is leaving, she stands in front of the car from Psycho. The music playing in the background is the only part of the score that I like because it actually has a hint of the Psycho score. So that's that's yeah. pretty solid. Now, Rai, you said that you like that it discontin- pretty much your retcons 4, 5, and 6. I hate that because I... I would have liked if there would have been a continuation to not turn this franchise into 96 different stories. Yeah. Here, here's what the the original plan was. So the movie was originally supposed to be a sequel to uh, to four, five, and six. Kevin Williamson's original treatment included a scene where Sarah pr- had a presentation, and during the presentation, it was for Carrie Tate, Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode's class. She gl- gives a class report on the Haddonfield murders, going into great detail about Jamie Lloyd from Halloween 4 through 6. Sarah mentions that Jamie losing her parents in a car accident. All the information that was mentioned in Halloween 4, 5, and 6. And she also mentions that Jamie is now dead. That connects the entire 4, 5, and 6. And there's a scene right after where Laurie or... or our uh Carrie Tate excuses herself, goes to the bathroom, throws up, and starts crying. That little two minute scene would have just connected everything, and we would not have been in this fucking pickle that we ended up getting into. <laughs> so, okay, would you have been okay with that, right? Yeah, no, I, I can dig that. Yeah, but for some reason, Steve Miner, who also directed Friday the 13th, part two and three, said that he just wanted to continue it from Halloween one, uh, Halloween two. So that's that's that. I mean, I kind of see why he did that, just based on the box office, how four, five, and six did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he kind of wanted to separate it, and you know, try not to have people tie in to the clusterfucks that those were. Yeah. But at the same time, I I actually didn't even know that fact until you just said it. Mm-hmm. So I think that would have been super cool because this kind of would have been like an alternate universe type of thing. Yeah, and if we're doing all these callbacks to the original two movies. Why not? You know what I mean? It, 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 it's, What's another one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and, and, to, and to be fair, this also just kind of like prepared us for what we were going to have in store for us a couple of movies after this where there's another alternate timeline. Seriously. Right. <laughs> and I wonder if we did have this, would David Gordon David Gordon Green and, and McBride have done what they did? Maybe they would have just done another continuation and, and retcon, maybe retcon eight. Or something along those lines. Uh, this one you'll like as a Scream fan, Meg. When Jamie Lee Curtis's character says, "Go down to to the Beckers," yes, he in the original one is "Go down to the Mackenzies." So the name was changed to Becker, which was the last name of Drew Barrymore's Casey. Exactly. Uh, let me see. Is there anything else? 
So the original treatment for H2O was much more sparse in character detail and radically different ending. In the place of Nancy Stevens' character of Marion uh, Williams' opener, a new character was originally to be created called Rachel Loomis, which is the daughter of Dr. Loomis. In the climax of the treatment, there is a massive helicopter and bus, bus chase sequence culminating with Keanu Reeves appearing. I'm totally joking on the Keanu Reeves, but there is a there was a helicopter. I sat here blinking. <laughs> they decided to they decided to not because of the uh, the uh, money it would cost for the helicopter scene, and this the reason another reason with the ending. Despite the ending, there was a clause in the contract that stated there had to be a sequel. So they shot this knowing they 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 had to make another movie. Which takes us to the worst fucking horror film I have ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> it's the worst sequel, the worst horror, the worst movie in this franchise. And this has some really shitty movies too. It is, I hate, I hate every, I'm not going to spend too much time on Resurrection except getting you guys thoughts on it. I hate this movie. It is awful. Everything about this movie is terrible. Leo, go ahead. Uh, yeah, dude, it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, there's not, I mean, it's, it's just pretty bad. <laughs> Uh, it definitely feels like one of those like I think you mentioned it for uh, for H2O like it tries to copy the formula that was popular for slasher films at the time and then you throw Michael Myers in it um, I, it's uh, Kung Fu bro Kung Fu <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah no um, I, I overall I didn't like it it's just like the, the, the diehard fans I don't really high. I don't hold it in too high esteem. I don't think, and Meg can tell me if I'm wrong here. I don't think there's many that really like this movie. There's not. There's not a cult following for this or anything like that. At least not that I've Definitely seen. Definitely not a cult following. However, this actually was the first Halloween movie I saw. Oh, I'm so I'm glad you stayed around. Um. Yeah. I, but I mean, I as somebody who works in the film industry, it kind of. I had always been interested in this sort of thing. So the fact that they took the reality route at the height of reality TV kind of starting, that's what kind of made me interested in it. And so then I was like, okay, I'm like, well, I, I had heard about Halloween, but I was so gung-ho into Scream of Friday the 13th yeah. that I was like, all right, you know what, let me check it out. So I went back and that's when I started watching everything. So it was really thanks to Resurrection that I got into this. Wow. In that case, I'm glad I'm glad that it exists at least you got into the horror genre so that's 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 a good takeaway from it um i want to know why in 2020 we don't have the wi-fi that they do in 2001 right (laughs) (laughs) because there's no way in hell that we would not have lost connection on our phones and the battery doesn't die the entire movie yeah i don't i I don't buy that at all but yeah i have no facts on here because i don't want to give this movie any more time ryan you didn't like it right no, H2O, H2O had a great ending, and they just had to shit on it for no goddamn reason. Yep, absolutely <laughs> terrible. The fact that we're about to give more time to these next two movies is an understatement. It's crazy. But here we are, 2007. Uh, Jenny's not on the podcast, but Jenny's favorite director, Rob Zombie, uh, decided to uh, remake Halloween during the time that they made remade every classic horror film. So I'll start off with Leo here. What did you think of Zombies' first Halloween? Okay, so <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It's, it's 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 funny because like in the original franchise, you don't really focus too much on Michael as a human being. You like you mentioned that he's a force of evil, right? right. Mm-hmm. And even when we were reviewing the 
Nightmare on Elm Street series, we started talking about like, oh, they they're expanding on on Fred Krueger's background, yeah. and it's like, do we really need it? Uh, I I dug it. I did like the psychological aspects of zombies' portrayal of a young redneck kid getting bullied and how that can kind of make a bad person and eventually a freaking killer. I liked it. I definitely liked it. It was very different, but it it still doesn't explain the supernatural feel to it. Like Michael Myers is still supposed to be a supernatural entity. Um, I love Tyler Maine in this. I think Tyler Maine. I like Tyler Maine since since uh, Sabretooth. I think he yes. looks huge. Yes. Um, but it was this was more like this was kind of like the Batman Begins. Of, <laughs> oh my God, Leo! Why did you just say that? No, I think it's because because it tries to make it like. This is what it would take for this to even exist yeah. in the real world. Yeah. So I'm going to let you know when Jenny edits this podcast, you probably will receive an angry text that she does not love you anymore, Leo. <laughs> Jenny, I'm trying to resist Jenny, my, my thoughts on this. Jenny hates Rob Zombie, ho- Rob Zombie's Halloween. So I'm more with you, Leo, to be honest with you. I don't hate it the way everyone else does. I just don't think it was necessary i'm more like i i get why the, he does what he does and honestly as opposed to the friday the 13th remake and the um and nightmare and elmstrom remake i'll take this any day to be completely honest with you um but yeah that's i'm surprised that you did like it leo to be honest with you uh ryan thoughts on the remake didn't see it to be completely honest and Meg, sound off. Let's go. Um, when I first saw it all those years ago, I hated it because I'm not a fan of Rob Zombie at all. However, as I was rewatching it, I kind of started to like it a little more. Still don't think it should have been done. And I hate as the classic Rob Zombie tropes. Yes. Like, oh my God, it's, just, oh, it's so cringy with the redneck. Um, but I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. That's interesting. I mean, I when we get to the next one, it's still at my lower <laughs> tier. But I actually am. I I had those sentiments, and anyone that listens may think I'm crazy for this. I had those sentiments for the next one, other more than I did for this one. I think um, the I I don't know. We'll get to it in a little bit when it comes to that one. But you said you like Tyler Maine, right, Leo? Yes, I did. Yeah. What do you think of Young Michael? So I guess that's the only part that I just like, because I remember how I I remember the the young Michael that I saw in part one back in like in, uh, what was the year the original came out? Nineteen seventy eight. Seventy eight. Seventy eight. Right. Yep. So I remember like it was like a, a young sweet boy that somehow turned into pure evil, and in this case he's a little bit more of like a loser redneck that gets picked on. Uh, I wasn't too fan of young Michael. No. <laughs> okay. Um, what about you, Rive? What do you think of Michael? Oh, no, you didn't see it. Uh, Meg, did you like this Michael? This was the scariest Michael, in my opinion. I know I said I tried to be, like, impartial, just based on the, you know, not the actor, but the figure itself. But I think just because this was, like, the biggest Michael. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, just the burliest, strongest, muscular, and that fight in the bathroom stall. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. So, that, was yeah. the second, that was the second no, one. That, no, you're right, Meg. That's the first one. Oh, oh yeah. it was. Grizzly, yeah. The grizzly okay. one. Grizzly one, yeah. Yeah, that was just like, holy shit. And then the fact that I learned that it was them doing it and it was a real bathroom stall that they messed up. 
Yeah. It's that just the shows the powerhouse. Tyler Maine is a real human in that real size. Yeah. Like, that makes it, like, even scarier That's than, That's exactly like, what I'm getting at, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, some facts about Halloween and Halloween 2, and we'll get into Halloween 2 in a second, but I combine the facts here. So, Rob Zombie is actually against of using any actor in previous Halloween films outside of Daniel Harris, who plays... Did you you did realize it right, Leo? That the oh, absolutely. Okay, I just making love sure that callback. I love that. I think that may have made one of the reasons that I love this movie even more is like the homages to the original. <laughs> so that's kind of where I was gonna go into now with Halloween two. So I will say the first fifteen twenty minutes, or I think it's twenty five minutes of them zombie pretty much remade Halloween two in the first twenty five minutes of the second one. That whole stuff in Haddonfield Memorial, I really dug it. It's it's gruesome. It's not, as Meg said it before, rednecky white trash. It's just a full-on destruction. I love that aspect of it. But I do like the fact in Halloween 2 that we get like, it doesn't try to be, it does has the the zombie tropes that I hate and everyone else does hate too. But I like the fact that it's more of a PTSD examination of Annie and Laurie, how they both handle the, what they went through in the original film. And I like the, I, Daniel Harris is the best in show in them. It's one of my favorite performances, like the entire franchise, because she's just, she's just someone that doesn't know how to fix herself and is trying the best while Laurie doesn't know how to fix herself and is not doing anything about it in a way. And I, I love Danielle's performance in this. Um, yeah, but it is does have the zombie tropes that just really yeah. ruin it. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the tropes are, the tropes are rough. The tropes are definitely like, I, and I understand absolutely it, it, that throws you out of it too. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm watching this again. Um, and I, I thought it was a, yeah. No, and I, I'm sorry to cut you off. You like, I just like that he tried to do something different with it, and the psychological aspect of it was pr- would have been cool if he wasn't Rob Zombie. <laughs> if it wasn't Rob Zombie, I yeah, agree. I agree. Uh, Meg, your thoughts on the second one? I kind of like what you guys are saying. If it wasn't Rob Zombie, I think I would have liked it a lot more, just because I went into it with um with a judgment mentality, just because I don't like Rob Zombie. Yep. Um. However, I will agree that about um. Danielle kind of being like one of her best performances mm-hmm. um because poor poor Annie when we get to the, when we get to the deaths I'll talk more about that yeah but she like her and Sheriff Brackett have this just emotional heaviness in their storyline and it just it just carries throughout both the films and especially in the sequel and even though in the zombie era it's Scout Taylor Compton in the title character it was Danielle Harris that she was the force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I actually, I don't know if you guys agree. I think Scout is not that good. I agree. Yeah, I think I, agree. She, I, agree. I don't think she's that good. Too whiny. Yep. Ironically, uh, and Jen, Jen will be editing this, and she just walked in as well. Originally, Emma Stone auditioned for the role of Laurie Schrode. See, wow. I can see that. Yep, and I, I think it would have been the greatest movie of all time if Emma Stone was in. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. Zombie, zombies content. He would, he, no, all jokes, all jokes aside, he probably would have ruined Emma Stone. Uh, but <laughs> poor girl. Yeah, but no, she. I, I, I'm with you, Meg. I think she probably would have made a much better Laurie Schrode. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. And you, oh man, this is. You know, you mentioned zombie tropes before. Do you guys hate that he casts his wife in everything? 
Oh my god! Oh my god! That That was my biggest issue. So the fact that she plays Michael's mom is one thing, but the fact that I have here—do you guys want to guess who she zombie originally wanted her to play? Leo, any guesses? I swear to God, if you if you say Lori, you're you're close, Meg. He wanted her to play Linda. What? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's that's all I got. That's all I got there. I got. Yeah. That's it. Um, <laughs> and to to go into what you mentioned before, Meg, that you wanted to touch on, we're, we're we'll tie into the best death here. Despite Daniel Harris being in the in four Halloween movies, this is the only movie she actually died as a character, and it is heartbreaking. Oh, she 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 got the uh, choice for my top death because after everything she went through with the first movie. She didn't deserve what she got. And yeah. all that nudity. Like for me and Leo, you can chime in now. Like, I think if you were going to do this to her in the second one, then the exa- her psychological examination is kind of ruined at her death. Because it's like, what's the point of spending all this time if she ends up with the same face she could have had a movie ago? Well, that's the thing that always, it always confused me about it too, right? Because you're like, oh, she survives part one. That's awesome. And then you definitely see like, yeah, it, it affects her and it, as it should. But yeah, the death of her character in part two is heartbreaking just because, like, you just kind of used her to rip yeah. out our hearts. You like, she was just like a, she, and, it's, and I think it's like zombies' portrayal of like women in general, it seems like, where they're just like tools to just like dangle around and use it as whims. And I'm like, they oh. used her name to get the viewers. Yeah. And, yeah. And I will say, Bracket, you mentioned before, Meg, too. I love, as an emotional moment in the movie, his reaction to finding her. Oh yeah. <gasps> Look at here. I thought none of us were going to say anything positive about these zombie movies, and here we are making it a better movie. <laughs> um, also, like it's, it's like it's kind of like you mentioned though. It's like zombie did a, an okay job of expanding certain elements of the franchise that we were okay with not knowing. But it's like, all right, let's get to know it anyway. But it's still so zombie, so it's still kind of like, nah. Yeah, it's but like, like any. Yeah. It's like we're play- we're tipping the line on like we got we can be nice but let's not be too nice here. Or imagine imagine what could have happened with this content and, and a like, competent a director. Di- exactly. Exactly. I actually just learned a piece of information. I'm just googling it right now. Yeah, what's up? Um that after Halloween 2, Rob Zombie declined to direct a sequel to yes. Halloween 2. It was supposed to be and Halloween 3D, right? 3D. However, oh, they ca- it was supposed to be Lord, uh, retroactively establishing that Lori to have killed Loomis instead of Michael, mm. but it was canceled by the Weinstein brothers, citing to green light and prioritize Scream Four instead. That's a better choice. I think that was a much better <laughs> much choice. better choice. I will say the director's cut of Halloween uh, Two actually has a little bit of a different ending where all three main characters die, and that's yes. the version that I like to watch because I do like the fact that it's more of a you know, he he fucked up on Annie, but I do like the tragedy of them three dying because yes. they turn he turns Loomis into a complete asshole in Halloween too. So he, he did deserve to go the way he did. Uh, yelling, stop it, stop it. Exactly. Like, like yeah, that's gonna work. And then uh, to fi- to finish up on zombie, Leo, your favorite kill was it Annie as well? Yeah, I mean it was it was actually the visually it was like the stomp out. Um, oh yeah, yeah. In, oh, I forgot about the stomp freaking, out. That was awesome. 
but uh, but like as far as emotional toll, like toll, that Annie one was brutal for sure. And then let's finish up with Hollow Green, 2018's latest installment. Right? Did you see Hollow Green? Yes, I did. What are your thoughts? Loved it. Um, Dave in the movie has that point in the beginning where he's like, you know, the begin the events from one aren't that big in today's society. I'm like, damn, that that really is a good point. Um, I just really dug uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in this. Yep. The PTSD. Um, the also her. Her kid, I can't remember all the characters' names. I apologize. No, no worries. Her kid, the granddaughter, all the characters in this just rocked. Everyone was just on their A game. Um, just A plus all around. Leo? Yeah, so it's funny. I went into this with the most trepidation out of all of them. Because it's like the third alternate timeline. <laughs> I'm like... I'm like, oh gosh, what am I gonna see now? I'm like, it's like Halloween, the third one titled this way, but it's the sequel to the first one. I'm like, all right, what, what, what the heck's gonna, what are they gonna do now? And I left freaking loving it. It was so good. They did so many new things with the characters, and I'm like, okay, this third alternate timeline, I could, yeah, I, I dig it. I dig it. It's like, it's, it's I, I loved it a lot. I a lot of cool thro- throwbacks to like, to the part to the original movies with like. Um, Lori, when Lori's waiting outside the school, and you see her through the window, the way she saw Michael in part one, yeah. I'm like, yes. oh, that's that's freaking cool. Um, and the overall, I mean, the the plot was pretty freaking. I I didn't see it coming, so yeah. And Meg, this was the first Halloween movie I actually got to see in theaters, so it definitely holds a special place in my heart. Um, but for a franchise, you guys kind of tapped on it. Um, franchise that's had numerous kind of reboots and sequels i wasn't sure what to think of it when it when i first heard that it was being done but i love Bloomhouse, and so i had faith and i was i was blown away by how much i loved it yeah same here i was um there are a few things we'll talk about now that i really didn't you know a little bit over the top ridiculous but i love you guys kind of nailed everything the overall arc of the movie and james and laurie's ptsd is so solid I know some may say that this is pretty much they did the same thing in H2O, but I think this is hits a lot deeper than H2O. Yeah. This really does mm-hmm. examine the PTSD. And they killed a child. So they killed another child. <laughs> um, I do I will say I do love the callbacks that you I, I think it was either Meg or Leo mentioned. The um they do a little callback to Halloween three that I really like with the three kids actually wearing the the masks. The, the mass, yeah, and, and the masks are from Silver Shamrock, so that's oh, that's a that's a nice little callback there. And that one take shot of him, Michael, going from house to house. So that scene was actually supposed to be longer. I have a buddy of mine that saw a, a screening in July of 2018, and that scene was a good three minutes longer. So he went to more houses and just killed random people for a good five minutes. Damn, oh, nice, yeah. Uh, in terms of box office, it is the highest-grossing Halloween film at two hundred and fifty-five million dollars, and it only costs ten million dollars to make. Blumhouse knows how to save a save a buck. Now, what do you guys think are, is going to happen in Halloween Kills? I guess we can finish up with that. Well, you kind of mentioned about um, Lindsay possibly dying. Yeah. 
I I I avoid spoilers, at, but Meg, I'm not sure if you were. The script leaked online during the summer. I did not hear about that. So apparently, it's batshit crazy as some of the decisions that they make. I've avoided it because I just don't like reading spoilers or anything along. Same. But so the script is out there. So if you guys want to know how Halloween kills and what happens there, you can check it out uh I, dave how, how how likely is it that this script is like maybe not the full thing uh, it's, maybe like the same, lead it's the same yeah. it's the same people that lead the rise of skywalker script and that was accurate Damn. so it, it could be really accurate uh in terms of what i didn't like i hated that sertan heel turn the the doctor just becoming like was this yeah. evil evil dr loomis i didn't really like that yeah uh and the other thing i did the only other thing i didn't like was the dance scene i understand you have to get her phone away from her but i think it could have been done in a more in a better way i didn't really Mm. like that sequence at all outside of that i'm with you guys i love this film it's it may not be my number two or three in my rankings but i think it's the second best made of the entire franchise like it's definitely yeah it's extremely competent what performances are off the charts uh in kills what do you have as your favorite kill and then we'll finish up uh, wait Leo. kills comes out next year no no i'm talking no, about no, favorite no, kill in the movie oh i was like hang on <laughs> do you know something i know <laughs> favorite kill leo uh dr sartan stomp <laughs> you just love faces getting stomped leo it looks so i mean like it, it just looks cool it just looks so cool <laughs> just one stomp too <laughs> yeah his, his heel yeah and plus he had just turned heel he thought he was going to survive all this after his freaking ridiculous actions and one fell kick to the face. Done. Boom. What about you, Rye? I have the same as Leo. Meg? I actually kind of went with Oscar, which as much as I hated his character, the fact that the rail, like the fence rail was through his That's lip. That's exactly what I went with as well. So gnarly. And the fact that it does it slow. Like they, yes. like David Gordon Green lets it sit there, and then you see his face go through. Um, yeah, that was my favorite kill as well. And yeah, that wraps it up here. Last thing before we wrap the entire podcast up is doing a little rankings. So I have my rankings up. I'm going to go through mine, and then whatever you guys disagree on, I'm just going to ask, and then we'll do it that way. So my worst Halloween film, I have Halloween Resurrection. Does anyone have anything different? I have Revenge. Oh, wow. Okay. And you have Resurrection and Rye. Resurrection. Cool. Next up for me, I have Halloween 2, the zombie. No, I'm sorry. Halloween 1, the zombie. Oh, no. I I have Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. Revenge. Okay. Next up for me, I have Halloween 2. I have Revenge. Curse. Curse. All right. I love that we're all different so far. This is great. Number nine for me, I have Theatrical Cut of Curse. So that's my number nine. Uh, What about you? Rye? Return. Leo? Theatrical Curse. And Meg? Oh, see, I wasn't including all those, um, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm on like up to number eight now. <laughs> uh, return. Okay, next up for me, I have revenge. Rye. Well, I'll hold off because I remember I'm too behind you guys, so I'll hold off my top five. True, <laughs> Leo. Regular curse. 
Okay. And oh, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, producer's, producer's cut. cut. And Meg? Uh, see, this is my number seven, Resurrection. Okay. Oh, wow. So high. Wow. It's only so high. Because it was, it was, it it's your first. One. It's your first, so yeah. it makes perfect yeah. sense. That's the only reason it went up so high. Number seven for me is H2O. Ryan. You're still waiting um, for your five. Uh, Leo. Uh, zombie part two. Got it. Meg? I'm holding off just so I can line up. Okay. And my number six is the producer's cut of Halloween six. Leo? Return. And Meg, are you lined up yet or not? Uh, Halloween two, zombie edition. Gotcha. All right. Top five. Next up for me is Halloween four. The return of Michael Myers. Leo? H2O. Ryan? Halloween 3. And Meg? Uh, Halloween 1, Zombie Edition. Nice. Next up, top four. I have Hollow Green as my number four. Leo? Uh, Halloween 1, Zombie Edition. Wow, you have that shit mad high, Leo. Uh, <laughs> uh, mine was high. Damn. <laughs> Ryan, what about you? Halloween 2. And Meg? Halloween 2. All right. Number three, Halloween 3. For me, Season of the Witch. Leo? Halloween 2. Classic. <laughs> Rye? H2O. Nice. And Meg? H2O. Number 2, Halloween 2. Rye? Uh, Hollywood 18. Halloween 18. Leo? Yeah, Halloween 18. Halloween. And Meg? This is where I'm going to be different. I actually put the original. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I just had a brain aneurysm. <laughs> um, okay, I don't even well, know what. There's, it... there's a reason. There's a reason. I don't even know explain what... after number one. So yeah, we go ahead because we all everyone else has Halloween. So go for because it. Because it's the first time that they fully rebooted it to a whole new. Uh, I almost said gender. Wow, listen to me. Um, age group where they can. For any age group that hasn't checked out any of the other ones, this was a perfect entry to get them back into it and make them watch all the other films. This is The Force Awakens. Exactly. Now, I didn't really watch Star Wars films when I was younger, but Force Awakens got me to, which is why I compared it to this. Do you think Force Awakens is better than Star Wars? No. Uh Uh-oh, be careful. Be careful. (laughs) Okay, just curious. Wait, are we talking Phantom Menace, Star Wars? No, 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 or... no, like the Star, like New Hope. Do you think it's better than New Hope? No. Okay, just curious. No, because I, I, I was, because you... Nothing, had... nothing beats 4, 5, 6. Uh, oh, well, that's another argument for it. That's another discussion that's another for another show. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. All right, cool. So that wraps everything up. Very surprising. I love that we have a twist at the end of this episode, seeing as Halloween has many twists in its franchise. So... That wraps up our traveling days as we wrap up here in Haddonfield. Thanks for joining us this week. Until next week, see you at the movies, kids.